Welcome to the Home Medic. You are listening to the series on summer preparation for your home. Welcome to the Home Medic, where we help you keep your money in your wallet and your family out of the hospital. Heidi Hansine. Hey, good to be here. A pleasure as always. As always. Let's say, for example, that you have a yard. I Okay, perfect. Yeah. Uh, I've got a yard. I've got one of those, too. <laughs> and unless we are xeriscaping, which I am not, mm-hmm. uh, there's going to be a sprinkler system. Right. And, you know, there are places... Maybe in Florida where they're saying sprinkler system. Who needs one of those? So right. you Florida guys can completely ignore this segment because that's what we're going to talk about. But if you've got a sprinkler system, and uh, most of us do, there's a number of items you got to pay attention to, of course, as part of your summer preparation. Right. First and the most obvious would be the gushers. The gushers. I don't know why, but it seems like just having snow hit the ground somehow causes massive damage to sprinkler heads, forces them to fly away somewhere between here and the moon, and you turn the sprinkler system on and those sprinkler heads are just gone. I'm sure it's just Santa's sleigh driving over your lawn and catching That's it. Santa's sleigh has some sort of sprinkler head magnet. (laughs) Maybe he's creating gifts as he flies by recycling the sprinkler heads that he steals. So a gusher is a sprinkler head, right? Yeah, a sprinkler head that's gone. Oh, oh, okay. There we go. I just wanted to make sure. Yeah. and um, A missing sprinkler head uh, yeah, where you have water gushing out. Yeah. Hence a, gus- it's, a gusher. It's uh, kind of akin to Old Faithful. Yeah, I was going to say. Only right. a bit colder. <laughs> <laughs> it could be iced over. Uh, yes. Now, that's going to be something you want to be paying attention to. One of my favorite stories as I do inspections is I talk about how I used to have a lab puppy. Ooh, not a, not a meth little, lab. Not a chem right, lab. Right, exactly. I've had a lab puppy as well. They're fun. And labs, of course, love water. And my lab, she loves sprinkler heads. Mm. So every time she saw one going, especially in the backyard, she would run over and tear it off. Fight with it? Yes. Make a play game out of it? Grab it, tear it off, and then I had a fresh new gusher. Fun. Yeah. Dig around. When it wasn't working, she'd go dig around it and tear it off that way. <laughs> no. I ended up trying to put rebar in there. I put dog poop to try and dis, you know dissuade her. None of it worked. See, you are an animal lover. You didn't just get rid of that puppy. You just kept trying to make it work. I would not go so far. You know, I cursed that dog's name more than once. Let's just say that. So if you've got a gusher, obviously you need to make sure that you know about that. The understanding is that you can get more efficiency if you're watering at 3 a.m. on your sprinkler system. You got water, more water pressure? Right. And, and what else? You Why don't have the summer sun heat that is oh, going exactly, to evaporate exactly, a lot of that. Exactly. So you can uh, maybe increase your sprinkler efficiency from perhaps 92% to 97% if mm. you water at 3 a.m. Okay. But if you've got a gusher, your efficiency suddenly goes to 10%. Because <laughs> you're not awake to see what's happening out there. Right. So as a matter of conservation and as a matter of having your lawn be healthy and the system being functional, you've got to make sure there's no leaks and gushers. Right. 
that's one of the items you want to take care of. As part of your system, you can go, have impact heads, you can have fixed spray heads. They both have their own uses. Now, an impact head, I like to call them the rainbird heads. Is that the, yeah, I was going to say, maybe you didn't want to mention that name brand, but. Yeah, I didn't, but free advertising for them. So, so Heidi gives you the sound effect, <laughs> and then I don't have to sound like I tried to do that sound effect. <laughs> so those guys obviously are for much bigger areas, and I can't tell you how many homes I have seen where you've got a big impact head that's moving you know, across its pattern, and it is spraying a 30-foot arc eight feet away from the house. And as part of its arc, it's actually spraying the house. Yes, and so the next thing that happens, of course, is we get all that water that hits your house itself, which is a problem. Maybe you've got stucco, maybe you've got masonry, maybe you've got siding, and they all have their own set of weaknesses. They're not designed for routine soaking by a sprinkler head. Bad news. So for that's sure. bad news. Then you can get rot corrosion inside there, and then that water drops down near your foundation. And then if you got a basement or a crawl space, that water goes into there. And then you got rot mold termites in there. Those impact heads, the problem with those is they are just so hard to adjust. When they get off track, too, uh -huh. I mean, I had one that kept blowing into the street for quite a long time. And I went out there and tried to mess with it three or four times. Uh -huh. They're hard to figure out. There's a couple of different varieties. So that you can get a variety that makes sense to you. Sometimes you can actually adjust them on the top side. Sometimes they just have a little spring that goes back and forth. Mm. And again, that might be a YouTube video training on how Good to adjust idea. a sprinkler Good head. Idea. And so you just want to make sure if you've got those big heads, and obviously in, in many yards you want to have those near the perhaps a corner of, of the house, but you want to make sure they never spray the house. Can you shorten the stream on those so that they don't hit the house? Is that an adjustable factor or are you just stuck with whatever the water pressure is? Uh, you can actually adjust so that they shoot more of a spray than a stream. You need to do that anyway. So if yours is overspraying, I'm just wondering, too, maybe you could actually, maybe it would be better to water where, not in the middle of the day, obviously, but not at 3 a.m. Because if you have too much water pressure, you're likely to have even more distance on those right. water. Yeah. yeah, and if you're shooting a big fat stream, spreading. you're going to be watering basically a rainbow sort of a pattern where the, outers, mm. the outer perimeter gets watered well, but nothing inside. Right, exactly. So, but I guess the point I would make is, you know, the sprinkler head needs to be located at least a few feet away from the house and only spray away from the house. Makes sense. And if you've got, for example, flower beds or whatever that's close to the house, ideally for me is don't do anything there at all. But, you know, assuming that you're less of a Scrooge than I am, you go with something that's a lot less volume of water, like a drip system. Uh-huh. The drip system, they're great, aren't they? Yeah. So you want to make sure that you avoid the overspray and the waste associated with that. I did an inspection on a stucco property, and near the back of the garage door, there was a corner that just showed a ton of corrosion. Mm. And I looked at that, and I didn't have the experience at that time that I do now, but I looked at that, and I think, why would stucco corrode? Right. 
and talked to the buyer about that. And he's sitting there looking at me like, you're the inspector. You know everything. And I'm thinking, (laughs) I don't know everything, apparently, because I've never seen this before. But what's happened is that sprinkler head was routinely spraying the stucco. Water was getting through the stucco. It was getting this metal corner bead wet. Uh The bead was corroding, and the corrosion was coming back through the stucco. Wow. So this was a sign that we were soaking the house routinely, and you cannot do that with stucco Mm. or pretty much any other sort of material. If you're doing that with masonry, masonry is a sponge. If you're doing that with siding, siding is actually pretty good until you've got any sort of a small hole or failure or a crack or whatever, and then it's a direct pathway into the house. Mm. So not good on any of the above. So he was hiding his secret. He had an overspraying yeah. something or other. And so this was bad enough. Talk about $10 fix and 10000 $10 fix was free. It's don't spray the house. Right. $10,000 fix. It wasn't quite that bad. It might have been 1000 But they actually had, actually it was probably more like three or four. But they actually had to remove the existing stucco, go after that corner bead, you know, replace that find out how much of that water had gotten in past the rest of the system, find out if it had actually rotted your wall in behind, and then go replacing all of that. And a stucco guy will not just replace the damaged area. He's going to replace, you know, an entire face. So that was a lot more money than it would have been to call somebody to fix that sprinkler head. It sure is. Yeah, funny how there's so many subjects in home inspections and home maintenance that follow that rule. That's so true. Okay, don't spray the window wells, same sort of thing. I I can't tell you how many people, I've I've seen trees growing in window wells. Really? I've seen actually people growing tomatoes in their window wells. Wow. And as you're doing this, you know. On purpose. I actually, one of my first inspections, they had a frog in the window well. (laughs) And I looked at that frog and I thought, that's really unusual. I mean, I'd I'd probably only done, I don't know, maybe 30, 40 inspections by then. (laughs) I don't know how many thousands I've done by now. But I looked at this frog and I thought, how does this frog stay alive inside the window well? But, you know, it was very much a terrarium of sorts. Right. Kind of warm and moist down there. And so the buyer says, well, I think my daughter would like to have that frog. And they said, well, you get it for me. And I looked at the frog and I said, <laughs> okay, I guess I should be able to handle so this. So you're a zookeeper now so, along with being yeah, an inspection guy. As the inspector, you're expected to know everything about everything and be capable about everything. And so you I almost, went, almost are. I went you almost and got do know everything, right? Yeah, and I went and got this glove. I got the frog, and I handed it to the buyer, and buyer <laughs> walked off. He was good. He handed it to his daughter. A few hours later, I got this pissed off phone call. What? What did you do with my child's frog? What? <laughs> the child was actually keeping this frog as a pet in the window well. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh oh. So then I had to arrange for a return of this frog. Oh, my word. Wow. But, <laughs> you know, the moral of the story is if I see anything inside a window well other than gravel, I'm probably going to ride it up. You know, if you've got weeds growing there, that means there is too little gravel, too much water. And, and What if you just have rock hard dirt and you know it needs to be taken out, but you just don't know how to get rid of it? It's like rock hard. Yeah, you got to do that. In my case, there's a lot of wind that happens and we get tumbleweeds. 
That and isn't fun either. It wasn't very long ago that I had to take out another three foot depth of tumbleweeds in my window wells. Wow. And so, yeah, if you've got rock hard dirt, what's happening is your window wells are your last line of defense against water entry into the basement. Right. And I have seen a thousand times where you have soil levels that are actually higher than your window sill height. Mine's very close, and it's not a good thing. I know that. So if you actually pour one gallon of water into your window well, you're actually going to have that window well drain half of a gallon of water into your living space. Well, and I think we had that problem in the past. And so now I've got this rock-hard dirt. Uh -huh. Is there any secret for getting that out? Do I need to get a jackhammer or what, what can I do? <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm serious yeah, because it's, honestly, it's I've tried with a, a shovel and it's not, it my is strength is not going to cut there. it. You know, you can't swing a pick in a, in a window well. Right. Uh, you could go with a bar maybe, but I'm thinking maybe a teenager and an attitude is probably the best way to go. Yeah. Enough money and an attitude maybe. Teenager, a shovel, a bribe and an attitude. And an attitude. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. sure there would be a bribe involved there. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you know, you can often get a worker, your brother-in-law. We all have a brother-in-law who can be bribed with a six-pack and, you know, tell him to go after that. and <laughs> He's good. A six-pack. <laughs> <laughs> um, Mountain Dew, maybe. Done. Mountain Dew, maybe. Mountain Dew. Yeah. So, yeah, that window well, you need to not have water draining towards it. I did another inspection just barely. I think that was late last week where you had water draining off the roof. It comes down the, what is that? That's the southwest corner of the house. And then the water was being drained directly against the foundation right towards this window well where they had had a water problem. Hmm. And then they wonder why they have it. Right. And so, you know, people think that I'm the genius because they tell me there's a water problem and I can do a little bit of sniffing and I can tell them why. In many cases, it's just brain dead easy because I'm thinking, okay, you know, there's water in the house. Either it's coming from a plumbing leak or it's coming from a roof sort of source or it's coming from the sprinkler heads. So you just go through that little bit of investigation and often right. it becomes brain dead easy. Makes sense. But but you are smart. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, well, don't discount yourself I, there. I will always uh, allow the mistaken belief that I have a brain. You're very knowledgeable too. Two brain cells. Not just smart, but knowledgeable and left. smart. Yes. So don't spray the window wells. Also with your sprinkler system, you're going to want to make sure that you have a sprinkler system filter. Now, I have to admit that there was a day when I had a sprinkler system with no filter. I thought, hey, that filter is 50 bucks. I don't want to spend 50 bucks on my sprinkler system. I'm going to go without it. Right. And my sprinkler system worked, kind of. So what happens is what comes in from the city is, of course, not only water, but you've got weed seeds, you've got dirt in there, you've got, you know, maybe some dead rats, whatever the case may be. And it's all washing into your sprinkler system. Wow. Not good stuff. Yeah. Duck feathers. It's all there. Really? I actually have stories about how there's been underwear found in <laughs> drinking water systems. Mm. So it's all there. And what was happening is I was paying considerably more than this 50 bucks because I was replacing sprinkler heads routinely. All of that soil that should have been caught by the filter was instead going into the sprinkler heads and plugging those up. And so each time I replaced a sprinkler head, that was 20 bucks. Over the years, I probably replaced, I don't know, dozens of those things. So sometimes in our misguided <laughs> attempts to save money, we're not saving at all. 
No. We're costing ourselves more in the long run in other areas. Yes. So you've got to do a good sprinkler system filter there, and you got to stay on top of that. You know, it's kind of nasty sometimes what you see when you go to change or clean that filter. And it's just slimy and grotesque, and, you know, there's paper there. And I haven't seen feathers yet, but, you know, pretty much everything else. Feathers. Now, when you said duck feathers, I was impressed. I thought, nah, that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, those ponds for secondary water, if that's what you've got, those ponds have ducks, and ducks die, and those ducks are going to go into the... Ducks have feathers. Yes, they do. And so you can have carcasses, you can have all kinds of stuff. (laughs) You know, and one other thing that happened without the filtered system is the nasty weed seeds, like there's some prickly weeds that are here. Wow, I hadn't and thought of that. So those went directly from the irrigation pond into the system and into my yard where those seeds planted themselves. And now all of a sudden, my kids are walking barefoot and you step on one of those weeds and now they've got 50 little slivers embedded in their foot. Those are not fun. And then, of course, if you want to get rid of them, you got to spend some money on weed killer too. So right. yes. And weed killer is going to be filter. around 50 bucks. So buy the Safer, filter. less toxic. Indeed. Then you want to make sure, again, if you've got sprinkler heads of any variety that are located near the house, and I'll see this on, I'm going to say a majority of the homes that I inspect. You'll have a sprinkler head located maybe six inches away from the foundation. Maybe it is directed only away from the foundation, but six inches away from that sprinkler head, you'll have this big, massive bush. Hmm. So maybe it was intended to water the bush, but it's going to hit that bush. Water's going to drop straight down. And now you've got this two gallon per minute water flow that Mm. is creating this pond right next to your foundation. And whether it's basement or crawl space, either way, that's causing rot mold, termites, structural settlement, spiders, you know, the list goes on. What if you have trees right near the foundation and you need to water them? How, I mean, is that safe to do? Trees trees present their own set of issues. Actually, the first time I ever got the angry call from somebody who says I missed something, Mm -hmm. it was a tree problem. Really? In this case, it was a home built, I'm going to say about 1925, and it had this tree that was, I'm going to say, two, three foot in diameter, the trunk. Right. At the time, as a home inspector, you know, there wasn't anybody to train me in 1993. Right. So I pretty much just ran it by the seat of my pants, but I didn't have trees on my radar at all. Mm. And this tree trunk actually had pushed the foundation in a little bit. So trees can actually damage your foundation directly from the trunk. The roots are going to go wherever they go, and that can cause, you know, different varieties of damage to the structure. And then, of course, a tree that's that close to the house, you can have branches that allow critters onto the roof. We've been down that road. And then the branches can also damage your shingles. And what if you just don't want to tear that tree out and you still have to water it? How safe is it to water it? The tree roots will go where the water is. There's been actually scientific studies that show that. Oh. So what you're going to do is you're going to water well away from the tree and the house, maybe, I don't know, six, eight, ten feet Mm. away from the house. Water there. That's where the roots will go, and then you can keep that tree alive. Oh, so you don't have to water right by the trunk to keep it alive. Right. Mm, That makes sense. And the roots will generally extend about as far out as the branches do. Oh, wow. Okay. So you can definitely go that direction. That's good to know. But they've actually done studies where they will put poorly fertilized soil on one side, 
but wet, and then well fertilized, but dry on the other side, and the roots go to the water. They choose the water over the fertilizer. Right. Well, you mentioned that when you were starting to be an inspector, you didn't have anybody to train you, and I'm just thinking that in case we have any inspectors out there, or people that are wanting to become one, you're doing some great trainings for inspectors as well. That is on the website as well. I thought we ought to make that mention. That's great. As of right now, that's not ready, but maybe by the time you're listening to this, it may be. Yeah. You want to become a home inspector? I've got a training program. Garth is awesome. We'll keep paying you your five cents a week to keep saying stuff like that, Heidi. (laughs) Garth (laughs) is going to pay me in other ways than five cents a week. He's going to be my co-host. Indeed. Yes. That's what she keeps threatening. (laughs) Another last bullet point on sprinklers is that you want to make sure that the sprinkler head matches what you're watering. So if you've got maybe a uh, six foot by eight foot garden plot. Yes. You don't want to be using this big rainbow arc impact head. Right. Similarly, you know, if you've got a little flower garden next to the house and you don't want to have uh, the risk of having a gusher. Go with a drip system. How do you set up drip systems? Is it something a homeowner can do themselves? Definitely. And that's going to be another one of those YouTube things. That's another brand name that I mentioned, right? I guess. Does, does YouTube yeah. qualify as a brand name? I think they do. It definitely does. Uh, so there we go. <laughs> endorsing for free social once media again. tool. Yes, we're endorsing for free. <laughs> yeah, those things are actually fairly simple to set up. You've got an existing... For example, a sprinkler head located next to the house and you decide you want to go with the sprinkler system, you can just screw off that sprinkler head and put on a drip line head. Really? And those will have probably two to four, maybe more little lines where you can hook up a small hose. And if you want just kind of a soaker system, that small hose will have punctures at intervals Mm. where it'll water the hole wherever it goes. Mm. Or it will just be a standard pressurized line. It'll deliver water via a, what is that, about a sixteenth of an inch diameter to a small sprinkler head that may water only a few square inches. Oh, really? And so you can go with all of the above. There's a lot of choices, but it's very similar to a standard sprinkler system, only it's just miniaturized. I see. So instead of 10, 20 gallons per minute of flow, you might get a half a gallon per minute. And you're covering more precise areas. Right. and you That's know, what I need in my garden. Cause yeah. I just, so yeah. most, for example, let's say you've got that rose garden. Maybe you've got six roses that you want watered, and then you've got 500 weeds that you don't want watered. Right, exactly. So you can go with a drip system underneath a uh, maybe a tarp. And on top of that tarp, you put in maybe rock or tree chips or whatever. And then you can avoid doing the weeding by only watering the roses. So you put the drip system underneath, and Uh then obviously the heads pop out next to the plant, though. Yeah, and if you're doing it that way, you can actually go with a soaker hose, too, where all of the watering actually happens underneath the tarp. Mm. Or you can use the weed mat. You know, there's a lot of choices. Right. Fascinating. Okay. Or you can not use any sort of a tarp or weed mat at all. You can just put the tree chips on top and water down through that, and the water will go down through that. And just the fact that you've got mulch on top will reduce the number of weeds that you have to pull. So what do you think's best? Do you use the black fabric, or do you go with just the bark or the mulch? You know, on front of my home, 
I am no gardener. I'm too busy doing home inspections and podcasts and that sort of thing. That makes sense. So I like easy. And so I just went with a black tarp and some tree chips. Mm. But there are people who like to garden and, you know, there will be a different solution for them. Right. There are so many options. So many options. Sometimes it's dizzying. Yes. Okay. When we come back, we'll talk about drainage and uh, other stuff you need to know so that you can stay on top of the maintenance of your house. And uh, I should probably mention HomeMedicUSA.com. We haven't done that yet. You should, yes. And so much there to offer. (laughs) Lots to offer. In so many categories. And finally, and as always, be yourself. Because no one is quite as intelligent as Garth. Oh, that would be a falseness. Especially when it comes to home medic issues. This is Julian McKay with your Natural Solutions Tip for the Day. Today, our tip is on doTERRA Peace Essential Oil. This oil is so amazing, I think it should actually be called denial. (laughs) But it's called peace because it promotes feelings of peace and reassurance and contentment. It counteracts anxious or fearful emotions, which we all go through struggles in our life, especially if your home is just flooded or any of the things, you know, you've got spiders or snakes. Ew! Okay, I could go on. But any of the things the home medic deals with, you probably need some peace oil. So if you'd like to know more, go ahead and reach out to us. Naturalsolutions at homemedicworld.com.